Welcome to the Good People Podcast, where each episode we explore what it means to be good by talking to everyday heroes, philanthropists, and altruists, and do-gooders. I'm Kelsey Timmerman. So, Jay, you, you love coffee, right? I do. I wish I had some right now. Yeah. Well, I was kind of hoping that maybe you'd make it some well, I, right now. I could. It'd be noisy. So you've got like the whole, you're not just doing like a Mr. Coffee, press a button. Like you're in it. I'm in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, my wife made the mistake of buying me a, uh, you know, a $65 uh, espresso steamed milk machine. Mm. And I've been obsessed ever since. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so. well, you've upgraded since then, right? I've upgraded okay. a few times. So I'm like, not like, willing to talk about that. No, yeah, that's right. Like, <laughs> but you've upgraded. Uh, but it gives you enjoyment. Like you've really gotten it. It's become like a, almost a hobby. And like a connoisseur. Yeah. yeah. Every day I get up and I, I uh, make a new uh, a latte. And I just drink the just milk and espresso. It's yeah. amazing and beautiful. And I love it. I guess it's just the routine. I'm doing one as like, soon as you leave the house. Oh, man. I was hoping I'd get one. <laughs> that's too bad. So, oh man! So like you do every much like the routine of it too. Like every single morning you make a, it. It is a little bit about a, like a tea ceremony for me. You know? yeah. Before I work every morning, I get up really early and I, uh, you know, I, I grind the beans and I tamp the grind and um, I pour the espresso, steam the milk, um, and yeah, it's I don't know. It's when I'm out of town or traveling, which yeah. I do quite a bit. I, I miss that ritual, yeah. and um, I try to find places locally that have good coffee that do that in a way that I might enjoy and mm. it's kind of cultural yeah I, I do I do French press mm. yeah. uh, a lot and and at times I get kind of tired of it because it's a little bit it's a little bit gritty you gotta chew it you know it's yeah. a little bit gritty but that's what I do like I boil it in a pot on the stove and pour it in and wait three minutes or yeah um, yeah so, you know, the coffee culture is kind of an interesting thing. I, I want to start off, that's what we're talking about today, right? We're talking about coffee. 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 Uh, and when you think of coffee, what is the brand that you think of? For me, Starbucks, of course. Yeah. Everybody like, thinks of Starbucks. If they created coffee they're, culture. They're the cultural right. dominated. In fact, they're the ones that got me paying attention to this entire thing, right? right? It's somebody took me to Starbucks and said, hey, try a toffee nut mocha. I wonder if Friends had a part in that, too. They you know, were in the like coffee the shop. They were hanging out, like, Annie and I started watching like the first season of Friends on Netflix. Yeah. And like they were in a coffee shop all the time. Yeah, and yeah. then, I remember when I first went to a coffee shop, like, I didn't really like coffee that much, but just being like in a coffee shop felt like yeah. you were part of yeah. like, the intellectual group right doing yeah. things of course it started in smaller cities in the northwest but starbucks is the one that made that popular i mean it goes it goes way from that actually i mean there was I, I i don't remember my history but like i uh read there's a book on co- coffee i read a couple books on coffee one's called coffee a dark history oh. <laughs> and i forget what the other it might just be coffee and this is like this giant text of a book and it talks about the coffee shops and how they were in Europe, they were the centers of uh, rebellions and intellectual mm. thinking. Wow. Um, cool. Um, yeah, I know so, not that I even knew that, or like Starbucks is even feeding us that line. But they do feed you a line of like, you feel like you're, I don't know, yeah. part of this intellectual yeah. class is drinking coffee, sure. doing important That's why things. I do it, because it makes me look smart. Yeah. I do it because coffee 
uh, wakes me up and it makes me poop. Well, that's uh, it does both of those things are better. And I heard that it doesn't make everybody poop. Really? Yeah. Oh. Where do you stand on this? You know, it's, you it's research it? I'm going to have to do. <laughs> I've never correlated the things. Yeah, I feel like one of the best decisions I ever made traveling was, and I didn't know this conversation was going to go this way. But was, <laughs> you started it. Was uh, to drink coffee. Because uh, it used to be on the plane. It used to be when I would travel. I'm like, I've been on some flights that were just like the longest flights in the world. You yeah. Know, like, yeah. Like, like 13 hour flights or whatever. Like I'm surprised we weren't crashing the ocean because we ran out of gas. And like I would just be like irregular for like a yeah. week. Yeah. You know, you're just sitting there doing nothing. But drinking coffee helped. Takes care of it. So Very good. that's a little off topic. But I'm, I'm leaving it in there. I'm not we'll edit that, that out. I'm not yeah. going to I'm going to leave it in there. Okay. I think it's important. People should drink coffee, so it helps them poop. End of episode. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That is the big lesson. If you want to be a good person, drink coffee, be more regular. There we go. That, that is it. Um, so uh, one common thing before we get off into what we're going to talk about here uh, about coffee that is um, that. A stat that gets thrown out that I want to go on record to correct is that often when anyone talks about coffee, they say it's the second most traded commodity in the world next to oil. Wow. And you see this stat everywhere, and it is wrong. Mm. It's not even the second most traded food. Like rice and corn are above coffee. So anyhow, I, just randomly, I just want to throw that out hmm. there because anytime I get a chance to dispel that, that myth, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I want to. Um, so as I said, I uh, do French press coffee. Right. And where do you, where do you buy your beans? Uh, very locally. Yeah. So you know, we do a lot of our grocery shopping at Meyer, which is like a big box store yeah. here. And so I, we get, uh, I always get fair trade beans, which we right. get into more in a little bit. But often, sometimes store brand there. I get like a giant bag of mm-hmm. store brand fair trade. Um, the downtown farm stand has equal exchange, which is kind of here in our town, in right. our Muncie. It's it's fair trade coffee. Um, but you know, I um, when I was researching my book, where am I eating? I was going to select a few common items of food and follow them back to the res- the, the, the people who produce them. And so I was making French press coffee then. <clears throat> and I had a bag of Starbucks beans. And on the side of the Starbucks bag, it said, uh, you know, the glistening hillsides of the volcanic mountain. This It sounded like just a Beautiful. lovely place to go. Yeah. Like a brochure in a, like, vacation, like, yeah. you know, yeah. trying to sell me on a vacation. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, uh, I called up Starbucks. And I said, hey, I want to go wherever these beans came from. And they were like, what do you think they said? They said, well, we're not going to tell you where that is. Yeah, they said it's... Stay away from us. They said it's proprietary information. And if I don't know if I wrote this in the book or not, but I was like, it's people. It's people. Like, there's people. There are people. That grow those beans. Right. And so then in the course of my research, I saw that. Um, I found a report at Starbucks. They were in this thing called Cafe Practices Program. It's kind of like their answer to fair trade. Mm. So fair trade sets certain social and environmental standards um, that uh, a farm must follow, must follow um, to be labeled fair trade, and that's checked on. 
And also a social premium goes back to the workers to vote on how to spend that money. And there's also a minimum price. So that's what fair trade is. Well, Starbucks came up with, they actually used to be the number one buyer of fair trade in the world. And they're not now? They're not now. They don't buy any fair trade now, as far as I know. Because they have their own certification. Oh, that's a a curious way around that. They're like, we're going to come up with our own certification that equals fair trade. And so they have this cafe practices program. So they have reports that they pay someone who pays someone who pays someone to do these reports. So I saw one of these reports, and I saw this region of Columbia where Starbucks grows coffee. So I, without any help from Starbucks, I just booked a flight. Because they can't keep me from just showing up to this area. So I I show up and took a... I took a bus back to this village, and I had a contact there, and I know, you know, this family basically adopted me and took me in. It's uh, Nariño. It's a part of Colombia in the south. It's very near Ecuador. And at first, I'm like, like, it's what I do is always awkward because you just show up somewhere, and yeah. I don't, and often I don't know much. I, I'm often surprised when I read you went and did. Yes. Yeah, and it's how I wrote it. Like I feel like a. Uh, some just some random dumbass that showed up yeah. and doesn't know anything, right? And I'm like, how am I going to find you these correct, You were correct in that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I, how am I going to find these people? So I'm, I, I got connected with this uh, family <clears throat> walking around town, and then I see it. I see the Starbucks logo. Mm, the mermaid. Yeah. Yeah, okay. The mer- I see the mermaid on, the, on someone's home. Unmistakable. A on placard. someone's home. On someone's home. Not even on a, a business. A, a, no, I'm not on their house. So I'm like, that was easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. So I pull out my bag of uh, Starbucks. Because I've taken the empty bag. I don't know if you could. It seems like it would be illegal to take like an agricultural product back into. I don't yeah, know. They're customs. Yeah. I feel like if some dog would sniff me out, I'd be in some Columbia jail now. So Probably. it's an empty bag. <clears throat> of the Starbucks beans I was using in my French press. So I, I'm i so excited. I found the Starbucks logo on someone's home. I am posing for photos with this home. And this woman walks out, uh, as you would if someone's like posing for a picture with your home, which would be just awkward. Very awkward. And says, what are you doing? And I'm like, Starbucks. I point to the bag. Starbucks, I point to her sign. Hey, you know, yeah. and that's basically the Seems logical. Yeah, right. Like, uh, and she's like, I don't even know. I don't even know what a sign is. Like, Why did she have it on her? So what do you mean? You don't know what a sign is. So she said that someone had just shown up and put it on her home, which doesn't necessarily make the most sense. Because why would you let someone? Yeah, put a put that on your logo. Um, but as I walked around this area, I uh, once I had the eye for this sign I saw on many people's homes and I would stop and talk to them. Oh, you saw it on not just her home, but others. Yeah. Once I, the first time I saw it, I was like, Oh wow. And then I saw it everywhere. Wow. Really? On all these people's homes. Private individuals, families, Starbucks. So they were all uh, included in Starbucks cafe practices program. Each placard had a number for a farm on it. (laughs) So I'm walking around, I'm talking with people about, about Starbucks, about their coffee farms, about their lives. And um, I would say like half of the people didn't know anything about Starbucks. And half of people were aware, aware. Of, of Starbucks. But only aware, they were aware of what it was. Yeah. 
And, and often the people that were aware it wasn't their first choice of where to sell their coffee beans to, right? Um, so, uh, and this, this actually, the, the report I read that led me to Columbia was also, had mentioned that 50% of people, over 50% of people reported receiving no benefit at all from the Cafe Practices Program. <clears throat> so this is Starbucks' own report. You know, so you walk into Starbucks, sometimes you see the pictures of coffee farmers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On the art. Like we value... Yeah. Farmers, when it is uh, good for marketing, sure. But half of the farmers in this program were receiving no benefit at all. So you know, I was walking around talking with folks about <coughs> about um, the benefit they did receive, and so I, I you know I really believe that Starbucks came into this community with the absolute best intentions in in developing this community and develop, working with these farmers. That's like there's a big difference between being in the coffee business and being in like development, yeah, you know. Yeah. And so what they did at first was they would hold a lottery, and whoever won the lottery, Starbucks would go to their farm and build a what's called a beneficio, beneficio, um, that was like a coffee processing washing center. So it was really cool. You would you would I would love. To go to this community with you. Because, like, you know, you're into coffee. Yeah. You walk great. around and you see these tarps on the ground. And you see coffee beans spread out, drying. <clears throat> you see people washing it. Just hillsides, volcanic hillsides. Just covered. Yeah. And coffee trees. So Starbucks would actually build a processing <coughs> plant. Or they would build the, the infrastructure to wash and clean the, the beans in some places. They Based would, on that lottery. Yeah. The, uh, one farmer would win it. And all the other farmers then were like, that guy knew somebody. You know what I mean? So like there was all these political kind of angry yeah. farmers around. The, and so then when all those other farmers, the, the source of their beans go be to be washed at this one farmer's I place? I think sometimes that they would allow them to. I don't know if they hired them. I don't, I'm not sure about the whole situation. But yeah. it wasn't yeah. necessarily for the benefit of the entire community. Okay, it was right. like, you show me one beneficio that... Um, this farmer had it's like winning the lottery because it's basically a five thousand dollar thing. It probably means they're going to source more from you. They're going to buy more from you because you have the infrastructure that they want. Your beans are going to be higher quality. Right. If you take them to market, they're going to be better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you can okay. get more money for it. Yeah. Um, so you know, I saw some of that. I saw uh, a farmer um, named Felipe Ordonez, and he was happy to work with Starbucks. It wasn't the, his top list of places to sell. He'd prefer to sell to an espresso, uh, huh. Nestle. Which is, a, <coughs> which, is a, which is a huge European. Yeah. I mean, you go to Europe, Nespresso is everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, George Clooney's their spokesperson. But that's He's true. Starbucks yeah. spokesperson. And he is, yeah, yeah. He is. I mean, George Clooney. Come He's on. a big deal. I want to drink whatever George Clooney's drinking. Uh, me too. Yeah. So, uh, Felipe, uh, it was really fascinating. He, you know, he didn't have anything against Starbucks at all. Um, he, his son, uh, was on a computer when I walked in his home that was connected to the internet. Wow. This computer they had to carry up on their back to get to their house up, a, up, a, the volcanic hillside. Right, right. Um, and it, and his, there was this push and pull, right? Like. And I see this in the United States as well, where we want our, often farmers want their kids to go do something else. 
right? So much risk with the environment, with um, just the economy of being a farmer, like go do something else for a living. You can kind of see this. and But yeah, it's also their sadness of their kids going off to do these things. So he wanted to, his son wanted to go to the nearby city of Pasta, which is where I flew in to take the bus uh, to go to the university. Right. Yeah. It's much like the American farmer. It's very similar. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really neat to see that um, uh, one of the farmers I met was a woman named Floor, and it was this was the best cup of coffee I've ever had. So she also sold some coffee to Starbucks, and um, I, she asked me. I was visiting her farm, and and we just rolled up kind of unexpected. Now this is an area where it has like there could be paramilitary forces like the FARC. I don't know if you've heard of mm-hmm. FARC before. Mm-hmm. And like they like in the business of kidnapping people. Yeah. And I don't like to be risky. You've met Annie. Like Annie doesn't want me to go missing. Yeah. She, so she says. She would be so pissed off if I went missing. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you went to a very dangerous area. She would be yeah, pissed so if I just, without her. Now if she were there you'd be safe. Yeah. She's like a ninja. She is a ninja. Right. Yeah. So um, we called ahead. So it was a safe area to go to, at least we thought. And I had connections. And everyone was like, hey, cousin, hey, cousin. And I realized that these people aren't all cousins. They're just like, that's how they treat one another, as if they're family. So we roll up into this um, this family's farm. And they're eating lunch. So they're like, well, you can wait in our in our bedroom. So they we, like the most intimate room of their home, they just have these complete, well, I'm a stranger. Yeah. I don't know how well they knew anybody else. Um, but we sat down on their beds and just waited for them to finish supper. And then they kind of showed us around a little bit and Flora's like, do you want a cup of coffee? And I'm like, anytime anyone asks me for a cup of coffee, I want a cup of coffee. <laughs> yep. Yes. I'm really hoping in this interview, this chat, like you're like, hey, Kelsey, you I got to make you a cup of coffee. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know if you will. Maybe. I'm trying. Let's see. So she was like, and I'm like, yeah, I want a cup of coffee. And, like, it seems like a simple thing. Now, you would make me, like, a latte, which would take some effort and smash it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, stuff. milk. And, yeah. and it would take, how long would it take you? Five minutes. I've timed it. <laughs> Five minutes. <coughs> so I say, yes, the floor. She's like, okay. So what do they do? They grab some logs. Oh, wow. They start the fire. They have a cauldron. They put the, the green beans in the cauldron. So they're roasting the beans just to make you a cup of coffee? Yeah. I love you, Kelsey. Yeah. They boil the water. I know, thank you. They boil the water, right? They they ask me if I want sugar. I'm like, huh, sure. Uh, and I drink my coffee black most time, but like, whatever. I don't, you know, I don't, sometimes I don't know how to be a good host yeah. or a good guest. Like, yeah, yeah. I think it's just say yes. If they so, offer it, you say yes. Happy yes. to. Yeah. Yes. I'll Sounds eat bat. Good. Sure. I'll eat, I'll eat your bat. Yeah. yeah. Your guinea pig, let's do it. I'll eat it. <laughs> So they come off and with their machetes into uh, oh no they're sourcing the sugar, sugar, sugar too yeah oh. sugar cane so you like, were an imposing I guest know. I felt like such a jackass wow so like forty five minutes later I'm drinking the best cup of coffee I've ever had now did it taste better or was it just like all of it that went into <sighs> it I can't that is the freshest the fact that you could. I mean, I've started buying beans that are locally roasted yeah. from green in a local coffee shop that I love, um, and it is it is better than what I taste mm. at Starbucks. Oh. But you have to think, if she roasts it in front of you and then immediately puts it soaking through water, that's got to be great. Yeah. yeah wow. I think it tasted amazing, but I feel like I'm 
subjectively can't hard weigh to in on that. It, it sounds just, fantastic. The whole thing was so amazing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. So it was great. And I spent a couple of days in this area meeting farmers. And when I got back and I was writing, where am I eating? I reached out to Starbucks and like, hey, I met these farmers. Half of them had never heard of Starbucks. And yet there's their logo yeah. on the wall. Like, can you tell me what's happening here? Like, I want to talk to someone. They just ignore me. So then I was working on an article for the Christian Science Monitor, and it was a cover story about, if you, you can look it up, uh, it's called uh, Follow Your Labels. Uh, if you do okay. Follow Your Labels, Kelsey Timber, I'm going to pull it up. And some of the sidebars for it were these individual stories that had, like, where my jeans were made. Or, uh, the, star, the coffee one was Starbucks farmers never heard of Starbucks. Mm. So my editor there wanted me to reach out to Starbucks again. To get their opinion, to try to get them to weigh in on yeah. what I had experienced. Comment, yeah. Yeah, so I put in a request to Starbucks, and a guy actually responded back. And I'm like, wow, that's it. I guess because like, I had like a weight of a, of, like, a respected newspaper yeah. behind me, yeah. not just like some schmuck, some yeah. doofus that showed yeah. up. From, a schmuck know. and a newspaper, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah those two. Um, and so they actually got back with me and like, who do you want to talk to? I'm like, I want to talk to people who administer the Catholic practices program. And so he's like, okay, I'll find that for you. So then he, um, time went by, he got back with me again, remind me who to talk to, told him again, time went by, nothing, uh, put in another request to the media channels, silence, article comes out on a Sunday and who do you think calls me? Starbucks calls me on a Sunday, like on a Sunday, like, and says, we really wish we could have had our voice represented in that story. Wow. Uh, well, you could have called one of the eight times that I reached out to you for comment. Oh my gosh. I was just like, I think I was, I was actually at the airport in San Francisco. I don't Not that I'm like Something. so jet set all the time, but like, yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. just being like flipping off my phone. Like this is ridiculous and like we, we what can we do i was like well we can't go back in time and like send them in the black and erase people's minds right, right. who've read the story i was like you don't deserve that anyhow so i was like i would still like to talk to someone at starbucks who knows about this program and so they eventually tracked down two people who helped run that program and i chatted with them they were very short on time very important they had a lot of time for me yeah. um and it became quite obvious that they, I, I knew much as much about the program as, hmm. as they did. Um, You'd witnessed it. Yeah. You'd met it, those people. You met those families. And I read their own report. I felt like I knew everything that, that they knew. And it became obvious to me that they paid people who paid people who paid people who administered this program. Okay. So the, re so the report didn't generate, you know, in a corporation oftentimes reports like that are meant to generate action. You know, if we survey the employees or we look at our source um, or we talk to our vendors and we find these things out, we're going to create change. We're going to take action. And you didn't feel like any Not that I've seen. Not, and I actually did more research and saw that other people had gone back to Starbucks farms before and had similar experiences in these communities where, like, this special select Starbucks bean was coming from and how it had a negative impact hmm. on this community even though it was like this Catholic practices special program. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but do I think that Starbucks is any worse than any, or any better than any other coffee? Um, I don't know. 
You know what I mean? I think that, um, you know, I, I personally don't love Starbucks just because of the experience that I had with it. Yeah. It doesn't make me feel good right. to buy Starbucks. And I think their coffee's a little over-roasted. Yeah, right. It is. Um, but, like, if I'm at an airport and, you know, my plane's getting ready to leave and I don't want to fall asleep on the flight... And the only coffee that's around Starbucks, like, yeah, I'll drink that cup of, you know, hip- hypocriticalness. <laughs> you know, like, I'll drink it still, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, how do you feel about, I mean, you read Where Am I Eating? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> it is difficult because even in the conversation I've started thinking about, like I was going to make uh, an order of beans this week mm. from uh, somewhere on the internet that I've bought beans from before. And in all my travels, I like to buy beans at different coffee shops. I travel a lot to the West Coast, and I will go on to Open Table or go mm. on to um, Yelp, and I will find restaurants and or coffee roasters or coffee shops, and I will buy bags of beans. Um, and I don't necessarily take the time to figure out, are they fair trade? Some of them broadcast that, especially on the West Coast, as you can imagine. Uh, And some don't. They tend to be a little bit more socially open about things such as that. But, um, you know, I I, I don't take a lot of time to think through that or to see that all of them are. And I think the thing about Starbucks that they are kind of the Walmart of coffee, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, um, you know, some some court proceedings as well as just overall articles and uh, journalists have found where, um, you know, Walmart has, uh, you know, basically been the bully uh, mm-hmm. to vendors, right? Yeah. Lower the price, lower the price, lower the price until these companies go bankrupt. Yeah. Um, Starbucks buys so many beans. Mm-hmm. So I won't take the negative sort of leftist uh, 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 view of that, that, yeah. that people might think I would, um, which I still have those too, but what an impact they could have. Mm. Yeah. Right. So we could look at them and say, you're bad because you do this, this and this. The impact they could have on those villages and those people. And it really calls to question, is stock value the most important thing? Yeah. Um, What would happen if they paid the farmers twice what they pay now? The potential for good. Right. Exactly right. It's like out of this world. They buy more coffee than maybe an espresso buys more. I really don't. They sell all theirs in pods. Yeah. It's really hard to tell what yeah. their volume is, but you have to wonder from a volume standpoint and a potential for good. Could the CEO of Starbucks mm-hmm. make a decision, which he's running for president, so we'll see oh, how that works, but yeah. we need to yeah. date, that, the po- date the that, podcast. That, yeah, that didn't go well with his um, announcements. <laughs> but could, could he impact good, um, and would it be to the ill of the shareholders if he were to pay all farmers yeah. double? If, if the cost of a latte went from ungodly five dollars on you know some parts of the country to seven dollars because we're doubling what we're paying our suppliers um would that be worth it Mm. i don't know i don't know if the public would stand for it yeah 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 i don't know um you know when i think about i think about starbucks um there's so much potential to do good and i've actually heard that from undisclosed resources that there's colleges that have contracts with food providers that say that they must have X percent of like fair trade. Fair trade. And 
Starbucks has come to these food providers and said, our cafe practices is equivalent the same. to fair trade. <clears throat> so to me, you know, they have this huge potential to do good, but at this, you know, currently they're undermining fair trade. Right. And I, I certainly don't think that fair trade is a silver bullet that maybe some people make it out to be. Right. I don't think we're going to consume our way to a better world. Right. Um, but it does provide a minimum price that farmers will get. And at that minimum price, the farmers I met still would lose money. But in terms of commodity, global commodities, the bottom can fall out on right. coffee. And farmers can lose so much money right. uh, beyond, below the minimum. So that's a really critical part of fair trade that Starbucks doesn't have. Right. I've been in libraries and health clinics that have been built with a fair trade premium that went back to these communities for the people to vote on what they wanted to spend the money on. Because that's what the people can vote on, whatever they want to spend it on. They could say, let's just divvy it up amongst ourselves evenly, and that's fine. Or they could say, let's put a library, let's put a clinic, let's have a fund so someone gets sick, we can take their kid to the city to get medical attention. They could do that. Um, so I've been in those situations where fair trade has helped the community develop slowly over time. So, yeah, I think Starbucks has so much potential to do good. But I also worry that they're undermining a practice that is um, that is helping people more. Now, I think that in terms of with fair trade, collectively, if enough of us do it, it makes a, a, can make a big difference. There's not enough demand that all the beans that are certified fair trade are even being sold through fair trade. Um, but, you know, so what is the difference that fair trade makes? I feel like the difference is the way that we see the world. That when we take the moment, when you're buying the beans, right. and you're at that coffee shop, wherever, and right. you ask the question, are these fair trade, or I don't see a fair trade, or do you have fair trade beans? Mm-hmm. And, and I would prefer that. Yeah. yeah, and and that impacts the way that, it reminds you that you're the type of person that cares about something like that, right? Yeah. And uh, I think it changes the way that we see the world, and I think that is the biggest impact of fair trade yes it makes a very tangible impact on the ground uh, in terms of the schools and those health clinics that i've been in those libraries yeah. i've been in um, but it's not quite the silver bullet that's going to like end poverty yeah. around the world but possibly the mindfulness of it for for joe consumer is is, is a helpful portion of and if you start with, you know, we start days with a cup of coffee. And if you start your thinking of just like, where did these beans come from? Yeah. Who did they come from? What does this mean for those families? You know, I think that can just really start us off right every single day. Kind of reminds us kind of person that we want to be and that we're that mindful that we're thinking about where are the simplest thing in our life, a cup of coffee, which isn't that simple after yeah. all, where it comes from. We all take for granted. Yeah. Yeah. That's what good people do. That's what good people you're you're uh, uh, a good you're good people, Jay. You you're just trying to get me to make you coffee, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, can I have well we had all this we had this beer. All right, let's go make some coffee. coffee. That's like a beer brings you down. Coffee, coffee gets you right, right back, back in the game. Alright, thanks Jay for listening to the Good People Podcast Special thanks to my friend Jay Mormon for co-hosting And to Cliff Ritchie for the great tunes You can listen to Cliff on Spotify Or find him at cliffritchieart.com 
Let's keep the good going. Please share, rate, and subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. Visit KelseyTimmerman.com slash goodpeople to find show notes, suggest guests, learn more about my books, and tell us about the good you are doing in the world. Oh, what are we drinking? I don't know. It's just we drinking coffee. Should I have my cue like this? So lattes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Let's start with that pretend. Okay. Yeah. We're not going to pretend we're drinking lattes. <laughs> we I'm just a, won't be drinking I'm anything. a nonfiction journalist, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> Okay, so we're not drinking anything. That's fine.